Blog Talk Radio. Here's 
Ryan Danielson has put John Moxley back into the corner. Can imagine a world where these two teamed up. I mean, we, we heard Tony broke the news about the three-way match at Revolution. What if Moxley and Danielson team up, win the, the tag team battle royal, and punch their dick to Revolution? That would be tremendous. It would be. I think it would be pretty logical to me for them to team up. I think Moxley should do it. I love the tension that we're feeling here. Chillicothe, Ohio. You were late. Your flight was delayed because of the weather. So they sent Tracy Smothers out to the ring to vamp with the audience for about 45 minutes. And so finally, I went to the ring, and then you pulled up in the back of the building, already in your wrestling gear, and you got out of the car, and you walked through the kitchen to the ring, stepped through the ropes. It's the first time we met, and I stood face to face, eye to eye, with the man they called the best wrestler in the world. And I gave everything I had that night. I went balls out. I fought tooth and nail, but I came up short. But getting a taste of the best just made me meaner, just made me angrier, just made me want it more. And over the years, I had more shots at Brian Danielson. Every single time, I came up short. In fact, I have never beaten Brian Danielson. It's true. So when you showed up in AEW, everyone else is scared. Everyone else is intimidated by the greatest wrestler that ever lived. But I was excited. Finally, I would get a chance to put the one hand on my wall. I've never got to put up there. I'd get a chance to slay the one dragon I could never slay. No pun intended. The American dragon. But as it turns out, Brian Danielson doesn't want to fight me. Brian Danielson wants to join forces with me. And I was listening to you a couple weeks ago. I listened to every single thing you said. I'm not going to lie. I got to thinking how awesome it could be. All the arms we could snap, all the skulls. We could cave in, we could create a dream team, a dynasty of unmitigated, pure wrestling violence. And then I got to thinking, just, just like you were saying, not just about the destruction we could cause, but about what we, what we could create. The young guy we could take along with us. Giving something back to this business, giving something back to AEW, the legacy we could leave. And I'm not going to lie, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't think of one good reason to say no. 
But then I got to wonder, and I wonder maybe is the only reason Brian Danielson wants to stand side by side with me because he doesn't want to find himself in the one place nobody in AEW wants to find themselves standing across the ring from John Moxley. Because he knows I would do to him what I've done to everybody else they've put in front of me for the last three years. And if that's the case, well, then I've already beaten Brian Danielson. So which is it? Does Brian Danielson want to be my partner because of what we could create? Or because he doesn't want to get destroyed? Let's find out. I'll leave it up to you, Brian. I'm not saying yes. But I'm not saying no. I'll leave it up to you. Brian, I am not that young kid from a decade ago. And seeing as how, for all intents and purposes, we are meeting each other for the very first time here in AEW in 2022, I'll tell you this. I don't stand side by side with nobody until I bleed with them first. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Wrestle Radio Network Thursday. We're back. One week later, here we are. Episode two of my return feels great. We have a lot to talk about this week in the world of professional wrestling. Boy, do that we that we do. Let's see here on tap for the list tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Wrestle Radio Network's not going to stray from just being a review show. No, no, sir. And I'll repeat this um, for the time being that I wasted for seven months, we're going to get right down to the nitty gritty and not digress and go backwards. We're going to go forwards. So allow me and others and well, Jake Ryan to discuss with you all what's been going on in wrestling lately. So, so far on tap, ladies and gents, we've got NXT 2.0's Vengeance Day to discuss Cody Rhodes shockingly leaving AEW because of a non-negotiable contract and his contract expired. We will discuss that later, and I will discuss uh, my viewpoints on everything so far. Uh, Minoru Suzuki returning to GCW. Um, Let's see here. On top of the list, let's start off first with NXT 2.0's Vengeance Vengeance Day, uh, (laughs) the day right after Valentine's Day, folks. And what better way to celebrate it? I thought this match was could have been more. Um, the old NXT would have been more. Should have showed more. Um, yeah, NXT 2.0 starting off with Pete Dunne and Tony D'Angelo. Fantastic match. The only thing missing, fellas, was the Crimson Mass. A cage match in NXT has never had a Crimson Mass. They've had blood, but they, I mean, the one disappointment I have from you two is the fact you guys busted your balls uh, throughout the entirety of this match, but the one 
thing I have in question is where the fuck was the color? Where? Where was it? Great. You guys did I can great. Answer that. But... I can answer yep. that. Blame Vincent Man of the PG era. Although I'm confused, though, partner, because NXT 2.0 is trying to follow suit with the main roster, and uh, you see, let's see here. So he had to hit so the, well, yeah, well, they hit the, Pete Dunne did hit the bitter end on the, shard, on the table shard, but it's just, there are so many points in that match alone that were great. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Um, however, folks, I'm going to just point this out. If you're too pussy to fucking bleed on national TV, then I guess your fucking owner has forgotten what happened in 99 to 2004. 2009 even had blood. But besides the point, not every cage match needs blood to tell a story, said nobody ever. Okay? I and he, so, Yeah. So, mm. so in your case, so this is my case on it. The reason why... See, I don't understand WWE for this reason and so for NXT. I mean, I haven't liked 2.0. Yeah, she still shows signs of life. But this is probably the first time I actually skipped over an NXT takeover. It just felt like it was another NXT event enhanced. And, you know, okay, folks. I really feel like I, the need to tell you all exactly, you know, my take on the whole event itself. So their main stars for the entire event and, you know, roster was Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and Jane. And it featured a familiar face that used to travel with Kurt and myself. Uh, let's see here. Um, I might see, you know what? Throughout the entirety of this night, let's let's move on. Let's see here. Um, Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade training. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not trying to rip this event entirely, a new asshole, but I guess I will. Um, Whenever someone says, take a good look at our event, let's watch it, um, I'm going to say the following. Cora Jade getting trained by Raquel Gonzalez. Can you say... That was the least organic moment. Also, the beginning where Mandy Rose and Gigi Dolan and Jane were texting each other, and they show clips of what went on with Tony D'Angelo. I mean, like, from the very beginning, folks, you can tell. It was, they're trying too hard. And um, with that being said... Stream 85-plus channels and save up to 500... Stream 85-plus channels, yes. That was my feeling exactly. It said no soul ever. Oh, my God, how many advertisements are on YouTube? See, that's the feeling you get with NXT. They just made the list. They just made the list. Uh, folks, here's, here's my thing. So, you guys really want somebody to be honest with NXT or about NXT? It's not the same it was in 2015 or even before that. So, they have the same since... Okay, it it has not been the same since since the last episode before two point I agree. Cause, yeah, because you think about it, every single show, every single takeover, and I'm willing to give War Games into that category because it did fit 
the women's war games match and the men's war games match both were both fantastic. So so so, so I think war games was pretty much the very end of black and gold, and which was really the foundation. Which was really the foundation because if you think about it, how many takeovers have you and I have been to where that takeover def- was better than the previous? the next day that we went and watched. Oh my god, dude, like, okay, so you're bringing back memories, like, uh, let's see, when we went to San Antonio, when I went to Houston, when I went to New York, uh, Orlando, New York, we went to, yeah, Orlando, we Orlando, Dallas, mm-hmm. all the and, other shows, and, and it ended up being better than the pay-per-view the next day. The sad thing is, we're bringing up points, and to say that following, I'm going to drive this home before I just drag this clip up so I can get the sentiment, but uh, I'm going to just repeat myself. The less organic you are, it's going to be a pain in the butt for us to watch you as a whole, and WWE is barely skimping on by, and to tell you the truth, the whole Raquel Gonzalez core Jade clip, you know, maybe I should make an exercise video of myself training in a park where there's people clearly, you know, looking at the cameras going, are we being filmed? And you can, you can hear them, not hear them, but see them in the background. I'm not trying to nitpick folks at NXT. I really am not. I'm trying to answer your questions on Instagram. No, I am not totally ripping them a new asshole. I am ripping them a new asshole. Okay, because I love wrestling and I want them to succeed. I've said this millions of times over on previous shows before Tidbit got on and ruined it for seven months. All right. So allow me to play my sentiment as to say, maybe I should make an exercise video, folks. Thanks, assholes. Uh, But no. Aside from Core Jade getting trained by Raquel Gonzalez, and clearly their shit's been written for them, you know, not to say that it's a problem. It is a problem. Uh, then you have a preview for the uh, <laughs> the women's version of the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Holy fuck, who are they going to drag out of the woodwork to make that work? Can we, can we please, please, if you guys are going to so, do this. So what teams have been announced so far for the women's classic? Okay. I'm so sorry, Corey Jade have, and, and Raquel. And Raquel Gonzalez. Okay, so you have Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell. And you got you get, okay. Yeah, you you've got Indy. Uh, not <laughs> Indy. You've also got a problem because Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada are not on the same page. And every time Dexter Loomis comes around, you can clearly see the conflict. They're trying to pull them two apart. And which, then, and then the EO and. Kaylee Ray? Yes. Which is fine because the women's division's actually trying their ass off in NXT and the main roster, but I digress. So, um, moving on, guys. The Creed Brothers promo, MSK promo. I'm not so sure that where Bruce Pritchard took the reins of NXT 2.0 and decided... I'm just going to, you know, please Vince aesthetics or aesthetically speaking. What I'm trying to gather, folks, is why did you turn it into a sub main roster 
show. Why did you do that? NXT never had this many promos. The only promos you would see would be hype videos. And um, it showed the Creed Brothers, MSK, NXT Women's Tag Title Match. It was your basic... It was your basic heel, you know, face match. It was Gigi Dolan and Jane versus, you know, Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell. It's a good match, good face, but there's one problem. If I know everything that's going to happen in the goddamn match, why watch it? Because I forced myself to. It wasn't terrible. I mean, Mandy Rose had one particular spot where she got up on the apron. Actually, she threw Indy Hartwell back in, and because she touched Indy, the referee said, you, you know, you touched her. You're not a part of this match. Go back to the back. Um, and yet the heels, you know, maintain their tag team championships. Big shocker there. NXT has been known to do that. But I think that um, now's the time to say this. Since there's a lockout for baseball and I'm driving myself fucking crazy uh, in between watching wrestling and going to work, I would appreciate it if one... Just for once, NXT would do what they don't normally do anymore, and that's throw us a fucking loop. I don't care. It'd be eccentric as fuck, but I would enjoy it. So please, I will carry on with this review. Uh, let's see here. Toxic Attraction ends up retaining because of um, Andy Hartwell getting thrown off the top, and then Gigi Dolan, or yeah, Gigi does a fucking roundhouse kick, and then the legal woman... Jane gets the pin, one, two, three. I don't have a problem with the outcome of matches, dudes. I just have, if the heels win that way, it was kind of dirty, but not dirty enough. So allow me to proceed. Um, Yeah, the one cool highlight of that match, dude, was uh, Persia Parada picking up Bo, Gigi, and Jane and doing a double fallaway slam. Cool beans. Mad props. Um... Okay, Grayson Waller and L.A. Knight. That was funny as shit. I can just tell you, it kind of is like the Australian version of Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's one problem. Uh, L.A. Knight's not bald, and he's not, I mean, he is Stone Cold's height, but using phrases like some bitch and then yeah, instead of what, kind of makes you think, folks, that this is kind of like the Attitude Era. The only problem I see with LA Knight is one thing. That he's got the swagger of the rock, but he's got the the mouth of it often. It's it's not that he doesn't have the crowd reaction, folks. It's like I just folks, this is confusing because I don't know whether to tell you this or not, but like some parts of NXT have reverted back to 1996, like the DG and Jane match, and then, oh, how do I put this? I will oh. gladly, I gladly put this on my life, but uh, 1996 cheese ball corn ball match where the heel gets on the apron, distracts the referee. And get sent to the back. We're not, you know, whatever. And then L.A. Knight and Grayson Waller fast forward into 1999. We're using cuss words, you know, some bitch and all this. It's like, can you make up your mind what your identity of your show is, please? 
Um, and two, let's see here. So they they think of this phony restraining order. I'm laughing my tits off because it's actually pretty funny. And Grayson Waller gets his ass handed to him because the security guards are obviously extras. They're not, you know. Let's face it, folks. We all know this is real, you know, funny shit. Grayson Waller proceeds to get his ass whooped, and his bodyguard comes out to save his ass. So now, now, folks, it's a preview for next week. Grayson Waller versus L.A. Knight. Go figure. At least they followed a story. Um, so next on that list, it wasn't, a, you know, every match that Cameron Grimes gets involved in, it's a very underrated, very underrated guy and very talented. Um, Carmelo Hayes, also very good. I'd say, you know, out of the entire night, this match was probably one of the matches where it made you think, okay, cool. At least they're trying. So anyways, at least they're they're trying trying to compensate. And so moving forward, that, you know... Yes, uh, Trick Williams is on the outside, and yes, he did get thrown, you know, he almost got thrown to the back, he almost interfered, you know, but, you know, it just, to me, they put on a show, and that's coming from the underside of the card, that really doesn't matter, at least some some talent from NXT is actually giving it their all, and so, um, hmm. Kaylee Ray, let's see here, da, 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 MSK, Creed Brothers promo, and then another promo for the Dusty Rhodes Women's Tag Team Tournament. Um, speak, of the t- speak of that tag team tournament. Um, so far, there's only been three teams announced. Just three. And the sad part is, folks, when you have a tournament, you have to have at least five or six teams in this tournament. And also, if I'm being honest with you, I think that it's going to bring back the May Young Classic. You kind of have to. Because the majority of the women that NXT used to have is now in AEW, so there lies the problem. Britt Baker... You know, but hater. the problem is though, the problem is though, like every major woman assigned somewhere, and I think the way Vince is, he's not gonna do anything that NXT uh, Black and Gold did, which the main classic had nothing to do with NXT, but but I don't think with WWE's budget cuts, quote unquote. Uh, I don't think Mayon Classics in the books. They got rid of the cruiserweight division again. I'm 100% sure after WrestleMania we're done with the we're done with the brand split. So that's where I'm standing. So I don't know what's going on with WWE, but they need to get their shit together. Well, the problem is, dude. Like when you have a tournament, but as prestigious as the Dusty Classic that began with I people think, like well, Johnny Gargano and I, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. 
But I think when it comes to the women, I think you need to involve Raw, SmackDown, and NXT teams. If you want to do an actual Dusty Classic, invite everybody, not just NXT. You could go big for Impact. Because you think about it. You want to have the Dusty Classic, right? Throw the tag team champions in there. Throw the the WWE women's tag team champions in there. Throw uh, Natty and Tamina. Throw uh, Sasha and Bailey when Bailey comes back. Throw Oscar and Io together. I there's so many possibilities. You have so much women on the main roster. Take the ones that are not doing anything. Put them in the Dusty Classic. Simple. Just they're doing something. Because right now, think about it. They're ruining Tamina's stuff with the 24-7 title. Dana Brooke pretty much just got, is now going back to being second best. Uh, like, you literally, you're up an echelon of, of, NX, of WWE women right now. The four horsewomen, Bailey, Sasha, uh, Charlotte, Becky, you have Bianca, you have you got Bianca, you got Rhea, you have pretty much Raquel, Kaylee Ray, and and Io. That that's your women's pillar in the WWE. That's like your your women's pillars. You don't got anything else. I mean, I guess. You gotta, hmm. it's just, I mean. I would much rather, or or either, or you can open the forbidden door and call Impact again. Have them send a women's tag team. You can always bring back to the Iconics, even though they're called the Inspiration now. Um, I don't think they want to do that, but. That's just me. That's just what I'm saying. That's where I'm going with. Because I think Impact, Impact Wrestling, WOW, and uh, and AEW have a better women's division than WWE. That's because they, they've watered down the characteristics of certain women after they graduated from NXT. Supposedly, when you graduate from NXT, not supposedly, um... You either supposed to elevate your career by going to the main roster. I I don't know how that translates into elevating your career whenever you know, you see what happened to Rhea Ripley, you see what happened to Nikki Croft, or is she known now as a uh, Nikki ASH or Alexa Bliss who's doing stupid revamp therapy sessions again. I mean I I never understand why WWE is not catching on to the fact that, yes, we're living in a reality-based TV show fame world where people are obsessed with Love Island or Big Brother. Yeah, their stuff is not – their stories and scripts, like, okay, are we to understand that wrestlers are, you know, they're always going to break the fourth wall or they're never going to – Admit that, oh, yeah, our stuff's great. It's because I'll give you a hint. Money, 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 money. That's exactly why a lot of people stay in WWE. That's why Cody left AEW is because they couldn't find a number that would work for him. 
So he I so I think that's a work. That's just me. I I think that the speculation as to what's really going on, but I'm gonna just put throw out throw this out here on a limb. To finish the NXT 2.0, you see Dolph Ziggler interviewed, and what did I say? You know, all their shit's not – I'm not trying to be totally negative. I'm just being brutally honest. When you interview in wrestling, this is why AEW is successful in certain areas, comparatively speaking, to WWE, because when they get – okay, guys like John Moxley or Brian Danielson, when he says stuff – you heard in the beginning promo. I don't trust the American public. They they're trying too hard, you know, with Kevin Owens to make him this super uber heel so you don't include him on WrestleMania. Why? Why would you that's because the main roster dumb fucks that are cheering for whomever they cheer for is the same guys. It has to be because there's no options, right? They don't want variety, so Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get the shaft. I digress, folks. What I'm going to tell because there's something happening for Owens that we'll talk about later that I think kind of just got sort of got made official. It's been put on the card, but they haven't announced it yet. But you know, like I said, you know, when Dolph Ziggler interviewed, and it just he's like last, you know, Monday I get attacked by Chomp, and it wasn't milk or whatever. It was not juice either. It's like. Are you trying to demoralize what used to be NXT? Because now they're just as bad as main roster. They have a limited amount of talent. Their promos are not sincere. The crowd is always going to battle with each other. That has not changed. It's kind of annoying to try and get themselves over in Orlando. Um, so let's see here. I'm... So, in other words, I just gave up on WWE. That's just where I'm at. I I watch them and find some good because I'm the annoying optimist. I have the- I am I have zero faith. Once once Triple H went down in NXT, that was the end of it. Because now because you know it was going in the shitter. There's no identity for the show. You know you know me, partner. You know this. I talked about it when I was here four years ago. NXT was my go-to show every single week. I didn't give two shits about Raw. didn't give two shits about SmackDown. All I gave, gave a shit about was NXT. Now, I barely watch three. I just watch AEW, New Japan Strong, NWA when they all come on. GCW, you forgot GCW. But, but, but GCW is a monthly pay-per-view. I'm talking about weekly programming. Oh, well, yeah, you got a point there. Um, to continue Cause, the... Because weekly program... Because think about it. You got weekly programming. Seven, and I know there's a lot of WWE fanboys in there. Expand out. NWA. I mean, think about it. Matt Cardona just became your new NWA world champion. You have Impact, who, who, who Moose is literally killing it for the second time being a world heavyweight champion in Impact. You got AEW. Well, right now, Hangman Adam Page is about to probably go to war with uh, Adam Cole at Revolution. And you know, there's so so in New Japan, New Japan. My God, I don't know what to say right now, especially with Will Ospreay getting another shot at the world title again. So so a lot a lot 
a lot. And trust me, every single one of those promotions throws on way better matches than any of those three brands could do together. The thing is, dude, the foundation of wrestling has been shook. We got to continue on the uh, with the NXT. So to get back on track just a little bit, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, go derivatives here, but let's see here. Imperium and a promo. Again, the identity NXT is lost because you have one moment where it's very PG, you know. I'll give you an example, folks, to be in specifics here. Uh, you have Pete Dunne and Tony D'Angelo who had a fantastic cage match. There's one fucking problem. There was no color involved because they are not, that's not that they're pussy enough to, they're not, they're not strong enough to do it, nor are they man enough. It's the fact that they're not allowed because WWE's product is considered PG, even though NXT used to not be considered PG. It was a different brand. So let's get things straight. So Soyo Sequoia, or whatever his name is, comes out and interrupts Imperium and basically says, we are, we, if we from the island come out and find the biggest dude, biggest, baddest dude, we climb that ladder and we slap him like the bitch he is. He's like, I'm not just going to slap you like a bitch. I'm going to make you mine. I love that because here's the thing. If somebody's going to grow a pair like L.A. Knight and Soli Sakuya, or whatever his name is, thank you for giving that show flavor and a little bit of life other than Cameron Grimes and Carmelo A's carrying the fucking load, with, respectively, for what their roles are. And also, let's see here. Actually, before all that, so Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams was backstage, and Pete Dunne confronted him and said, you're going to be champion. And the cheesiest ass sentiment, not for long, so we know what's coming next, folks. The women's Dusty Rose Classic was then promoted after that, and then Chompa and Ziggler next week, Grayson Waller versus LA Knight. Main event. I'm going to tell you right now. The main event for NXT, the reason why the crowd was so split in half was because Braun Breaker is Vince McMahon's wet, wet dream, okay? He is a powerhouse. He is a Steiner boy. He even dresses like his Whoa, father. He not like his father, brother. He literally is a Steiner boy. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the problem. When your bland is all fuck and you have no flavor whatsoever, Santos Escobar has to add – he's like their version of uh, Andrade El Hidalo, their watered-down version of him. Okay? Um, But but I will admit about Santos Escobar, I did like his ode to Eddie Guerrero type. I mean, there's positives and negatives, folks, that I we both can find. It's just one thing. When you have and to I have, have breaking some... news. Okay, what's the breaking news? Carlos Cabrera, a longtime Spanish announcer for WWE, has been released from his contract. Wow, and that guy's been there forever. He's been there since like mid nineties, dude. I I've yeah I was gonna say I've seen him since the nineteen ninety eight to about now. That's cool. I mean, Godspeed. You know, wherever you go, man. Good luck. And here's my thing. Like I I will tell you right now. There's 
main event that featured Braun Breaker versus Santos Escobar was so all over the place. It was um, not a thriller in Manila. Let's just say it was vanilla. It was not even, not even close because, okay, the one thing, actually a few things that enhanced this match because I think Dolph Ziggler said, I want to help out NXT as a brand. He came and literally almost cost Braun Breaker the championship. Whoop-de-doo. Not that it would have mattered. Not that anyone cared. But then Ciampa gets involved. Now my attention's averted to the TV. Ciampa gets involved and basically stops Dolph Ziggler from interfering a second time. Then Braun Breaker spears the ever-living shit out of... uh, Santos Escobar does the uh, standing pump handle slam. One, two, three, folks. That was the end of the match. There was so much going on um, at Vengeance Day. Like, all the titles were retained. Big shocker. Nobody, no, no titles ever change hands, you know, in NXT because they have to save it. They have to, you know, preserve, if you will, as it said in the wrestling world. You have to, you have to tease Tease the audience and live them, you know, leave them with a cliffhanger. God, I've never been so irritated with an NXT event to save my life. There was, you know, okay, the one positive I can say is at least the Creed Brothers one. I didn't even care for them. Um, Malcolm Bivens, his timing is so bad. It's just like I don't know how to put this, dude. You're great. You're great for all of us managers, but you're not. But you're not Cornette. You're not Heenan. Are you and you're doing you? That's great, but his. We used to love Malcolm Bivens, though. Dude, I applaud him from graduating from Monster Factory. Huh? He was the manager of Catchpoint and Evolve. We used to love him. I know this, and I shook hands with him and said, "I can manage better than you," and I wasn't wrong. I mean, the man did lead the Creed Brothers, Julius, and whatever the fuck the other ones. Classic, but does anybody know who the Creed Brothers are? Does anybody know outside of wrestling fans who the Creed Brothers are? They are very athletic. They're very good at what they do. But there's one fucking problem. When I tune in to watch NXT next week, I'm going to see Malcolm Bivens standing in the middle of the ring, possibly talking about how they're going to go on a tear and how they're going to beat Imperium. Folks, this is so goddamn obvious. The Creed brothers are going to beat Imperium because right now, not, you know, no political talk, but we are as a country in the middle of a fucking crisis. So it'd be really bad idea to keep the titles on Imperium. Just saying. Captain Obvious, the Creed Brothers are going to win. Spoiler alert, they're going to win at whatever takeover event, whatever you know, next NXT live show in Orlando. They are going to win I those tag Do what? I bet it'll be like NXT standing and deliver. It'd be very much. I. The Creed Brothers, to me, Diamond Mind is their substitute for Undisputed Era, who basically ruled the roost when you heard Adam Cole, baby. 
I'm dead serious. When Adam Cole left, that was the end of NXT. Yeah. When when Johnny Gargano was said, I'm gone, holy shit, now all we're hanging on to is Tommaso Ciampa and Pete Dunne. Please invite Tyler Bate and Trent Seven and NXT UK over to NXT. I would love to see Dragunov. I would love to see, well, they named him Gunter now, the fucking racist bastards. I'm sorry, but whosever I do Not his was, fault. I know it's not his fault, and I'm not blaming anyone for that, except for maybe the creative team that now took over NXT. What is wrong with you guys? You never heard me rant this much about NXT, but my God, man. So so, so let's talk about that. You want to know what the NXT tag team title match was last year for Stand Deliver? Hmm. I'd like to rather forget it. Actually, I loved it. It was a tag team title match between MSK, Grills Young Veterans, and Elgato Del Fantasma. That was a hell of a tag team match. Dude, that's because GYV, Zach Gibson for years, and Drake, okay, James Drake, have been phenomenal athletes, you know, not only in the UK, but their matches in ICW, their matches in Japan. They know how to work in-ring psychology. They know what the fuck they're doing. Legado del Fantasma, too. They wrestled in CMLL. They've wrestled beyond wrestling. They've wrestled elsewhere, and they've made it happen. But if you take a good look at MSK, who is basically... If you combine Matt Riddle's gimmick and the Hardy Brothers and swoop that all into one, voila, you got MSK. I'm not a big fan of them at all. I don't – if you want I fantasy – no, dude, if they would have invited – oh, I don't know. I love saying this. Um, the fantasy warfare that I would love to see – MSK versus the Young Bucks versus Best Friends. Let's see, not Best Friends, but Orange Cassidy and whomever the fuck he tags along with. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. How about, you know, you invite or break the fourth down, break the fourth wall. Even though you're a fucking rival company, friendly competition ain't never hurt nobody if you both are listening to me. Because both tag team divisions are fucking lackluster in some way, shape, or form. AEW does much better, but if you think on it, folks, there are very much similarities between Darren Young and Titus O'Neil, and then you look at the acclaimed. Voila! They rip each other off because wrestling doesn't give a shit. As long as they're entertaining, it's cool. I'm answering some questions, by the way, from your Instagram questions. Y'all are really cool with these questions. I like, okay, so we have Mike from Nashville asking, did I watch the show in Nashville? Um, yeah, dude, I, I spent the afternoon cram watching uh, AEW Dynamite, WWE Raw, NXT 2.0, and I, I watched uh, past episodes. So to answer your question, yeah, I did see the show in Nashville, and I want to point out um, for your other question, Mike, um, I'm sure my partner feels differently about this, but... 
if they want to spice things up in this world we call professional wrestling, tag team division-wise, it'd be nice to see certain teams go head-to-head with one another. And I don't really care who, because the Dusty Classic was kind of, it was really bad. There was only like five fucking teams involved because the other wrestlers at the Performance Center are not ready. And two, let me just blunt here. I want to see the acclaimed, the Street Profits private party. I want to see... Hell, man, I don't care. Moxley and Danielson if they eventually pair up. Hangman Page, uh, odd pairing. Imagine Hangman Page and Adam Cole as a team. As a team. Like, I, I sit here and watched 2.0's version of Vengeance Day. Okay, you want my... This dude's asking what we both thought of it. Well, we're broadcast journalists. We have opposing viewpoints in some areas, but we both agree that overall it was C+. I'm being generous. Fair enough. I know you gave it a big fat F. <laughs> I gave and I, dude, I gave all of WWE this week a big fat F. Well, Raw was okay, dude. You you want my honest? Okay. I watched Raw and in my head I'm thinking I don't have enough sound bites to, or breadcrumbs for the fucking ride home because I am one person that out of many who will say, this is entertaining, this is entertaining. And then I'm like, okay, I turned it off. To be honest with you, I turned it off after the Lita Becky contract signing because it's like, there's too many fucking... Dude, I wanted to pass the microphone. Is this karaoke night at at a a bar in Brooklyn? I mean, for real. Like, Honestly, everything was so cheesy with the sentiment Matt Riddle throwing RK Broga, like a toga party that was literally backstage, and Andy Orton avoids the whole thing because he has a match with Seth Rollins. Like, okay, there was a split between interview segments when Lesnar basically, okay, so to begin the show, folks. Raw was in Indianapolis, clarify, um, one of the most boring towns in the whole United States unless there's a race going on, NBA or football. Indianapolis, sorry to those of you from Indianapolis, but your town sucks. It's just as boring as Kansas City. And it's not like I, – I, sorry. The heel in me wants to really throw shade, but I'm going to keep it, you know, for my, my portion called Beyond the Tracks. The WWE Raw was so um, – it was more or less – it's been the same for the last how many years? I've lost count. I have lost count. If someone picks up a microphone and says – I, you know, and Bobby Lashley tried. He tried. He just – not very good at speaking. Let MVP do the talking. Two, they've turned AJ Styles into one big court jester. 
and also puts other guys over. I don't have an issue with him putting guys over. Matt Riddle went from NXT to main roster and turned into one big stoner, bro. So he's the modern-day RVD. And then you have Lesnar, who was like the fucking powerhouse in this Elimination Chamber mess. I don't even... I will watch um, Saturday at my own risk, but I'm not for sure what you know what the fuck's going on. I mean, um, I know who happened to the Chamber match of the championship. I know who's winning the Chamber match. Let me guess. All the champions are going to retain. No. Well, so Brock is going to beat. So Brock's going to win the WWE Championship match. And, okay. And Alexa Bliss is going to win the women's championship. Or the women wanting to go to WrestleMania. God, I hope you're right. Because knowing. Okay. Last time a certain somebody gave results out to the audience, Mr. Meltzer, you. Mm, I was so mad. WrestleMania 34. Dave Meltzer decides to give the dirt sheet like he normally does, and because he did so, some people may disagree with me on this, but son of a bitch, if you don't read between the lines and and notice this, since Vince is already losing so many people, so many fans at a rapid pace rate, I decided, folks, to be the sadist and go alongside Granny Hulkster to WrestleMania 38. Do you know the real reason why I'm going, folks? In the hopes that there's a good wrestling show and it's entertaining, it's Granny's first time. But the real reason why I'm going is to get the fuck out, enjoy a vacation, enjoy the nice Texas weather, and pray to God that I meet some cool people at WrestleCon. Because it's been years since I've been to WrestleCon. And two, you... Elimination Chamber is coming up this Saturday. I'm not. I'm not so thrilled to see Goldberg versus Roman Reigns for the umpteenth time. Jesus Christ! Actually, what was supposed to happen at WrestleMania it didn't happen because Roman backed out last minute. I know he backed out last minute, but the thing is, folks, it's like what you asking why? A lot of you are asking me why am I so negative tonight? Not negative. No, this is not negativity. Let me inform you all. This is brutal honesty about a company that used to care about what fans wanted. Now, because fans are so wishy-washy and fickle, as a wise man once said, they're trying to literally fuck us over to the point where we'll turn on, you know, at, okay, Royal Rumble or SummerSlam or even, God forbid, WrestleMania. But when you have... The constant consensus as a fan that WWE is not sincere about their shit, that, that they only care about what puts asses in seats and makes money. That's great philosophy, but are you really putting asses in seats? People have been bored for two years because of the pandemic. You would think that WWE would come up with a better fucking plan to entertain the masses. Vince has already been there, done that for 40 years. He doesn't give two shit. Now it's Nick Khan running the show. Please go away. If I had the funds and money to own WWE alongside my partner in crime, who boy, there'd be some definite changes. We let boys do their thing. We respect them for that, and we not touch that. However, 
the format of like how they do promos and all that stuff because they're WWE, it has to sound disingenuous and not sincere and totally full of shit. That's literally what you sound like, guys, when you're all and gals when you're on the microphone, especially Sasha, especially Seth. Please quit with the fucking fake laughter. That shit drives me up a fucking wall. I know it's part of your gimmick. I know it's part of your character. And if you're doing that, it's driving you up the wall. You're doing your job. Think how many people have gone to Twitter and, and all the social medias and Instagrams. And I know from being on the other side of the curtain that I'm not the all-knowing expert, but I'm pleading my case with you all. Talk or speak how you feel as long as it's within your character lines. In other words, if you're told what to say and you make this X amount of dollars, I get it. You don't want to lose your job and it's job security. However, the reason why WWE is losing so many fans and their interest is because there's no more excitement. There's no more thrills. And even though AEW released Cody Rhodes, they still are running like a well-oiled machine. And it shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it does. And so I decided to watch, rewatch AEW Dynamite from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, CM Punk... God love that man, dude. Um, I know that people are going to be upset if when I say this about Punk because a lot of people on here have had mixed reviews about CM Punk. I don't care. I just love the man because his proposal to begin the night with uh, MJF, I'm just going to, you know, I've not, I've not seen a dog collar match in forever. It's been a minute. I know that NWA has had them. I know that independent circuits have had dog collar matches, but I know they had one. It was with uh, God Rest Your Soul in Wrestling Heaven right now, and um, miss you, dude. But uh, dog collar match made me think. I haven't seen one of those since the inception of AEW. And that match was glorious. It had the right amount of uh, violence. It made you think, Jesus Christ, I'm glad I'm not attached to that collar. Because Brody Lee is one, you know, when he was around, he was a presence. And I don't think anybody would suspected, you know, what he went through. You know, like I said, God rest his soul, but that match was so fucking brutal. It made you think, wow, wrestling is back to the way it was when it was old school. And when NJF got called out by Punk, thank you, thank you, thank you. MJF played it perfectly, didn't say a word, just walked straight to the back. I expect a very, very bloody dog collar match. For those of you that don't know, the last time CM Punk was at a dog collar match was against Raven. And that was bloody as shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, let's see here. 
Brian Danielson versus Lee Moriarty. <laughs> All I can tell you is, folks, if you want, you know, an old school brawl for all, you know, like, and also adding, you know, some high flying holy shit moments. This match was chock full of that. And two, you know, Brian Anderson always, you know, forever will be the guy that sets the bar of professional wrestling outside of Lance Storm, outside of Dynamite Kid, outside of Benoit. This guy gets it. He absolutely gets it. It's 100 percent what pro wrestling, part of pro wrestling, is and will always be. And it's entertaining the fans and, and interacting. So after that, there's a promo. Daniel Brian Danielson said, "I asked John Moxley if he wanted to be my tag team partner, and didn't get an answer. And I love how Moxley left him with a cliffhanger and said, "I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes either." That's how you leave a cliffhanger. Please take notes. Let's see here. Okay. Then you see Keith Lee in a hype video. Okay, Wardlow with Sean Spears versus Max Caster from The Acclaimed. Um, we all know that I'm waiting. I am so waiting. Wardlow, basically, okay, he let the poor fuck have some shots in because we all know that some people have to get their shit in. No offense, no pun intended, Mr. Caster. Great wrestler. Um, Great, you know, great all-around guy. But I just want to point out one thing. Um... Wardlow should have beat him in like 20 seconds, but they wanted to give it TV time. That was nice of Mr. Khan. Um, then Siobhan was seen backstage interviewing Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and all them and Mercedes Martinez and somehow Sensei, you know, from uh, Karate Kid is on there. If she doesn't win, then finish her. So I find funny Britt Baker consults a Hollywood dude as a sensei, which is, you know, the dude's legend. But I dig it. So then you see Hangman Page and Tony Schiavone in the ring. And, and Hangman Adam Page is going on and on and on about this, that, the other. I'm a fighting champion, yada, blah. And then in comes Adam Cole. So I find it funny, though. This always cracks me up as Adam Cole. For years, you and I have been in similar companies, or same companies, but you've always been known by the same companies I've worked with you as just the other Adam. I'm sorry. I died laughing because I love both guys. I think they're great. But to hear... (laughs) To hear Adam Cole literally use the one-liner, and, and it, it pissed Adam Page off. It was kind of funny because you can see the sincerity in the fucking work, but, you know. Damn! My sentiment exactly. He got him. And then when Hangman Page had his back turned... 
kaboom. The half undisputed era decided to. I'm sorry, the best friend or whatever the fuck they call themselves, or Adam Cole. They decide to interfere and try and beat down Hangman Page, but then to the rescue comes the Dark Order, which Adam Cole brings up a very valid point, Jake. He brings up, he says, you know, we haven't seen you with Dark Order in quite some time, yet they came to his aid. I think that's kind of odd. So my opinion on it is that necessarily Adam Cole needs all the backup, but Hangman Page doesn't need backup. I mean, the hell he went through last week in the Texas Death Match, he did it all by himself. He didn't need the Dark Order. So I think that I do think the Dark Order will be a player. When it comes to when it's Adam Cole versus Hangman Page for the title, because we both know that the elite will get involved. If the elite gets involved, then Dark Order is going to get involved. So, yeah. So now to be Zero versus Adam Cole and Rampage or whatever, or Ten from Dark Order is to face Adam Cole on the show Rampage on Friday. But you know, um. Following that up, folks, Jericho and Hager versus Santana and Ortiz. I I think that's the one cluster for uh, AEW that they have. As far as Jericho and Hager is concerned, Santana and Ortiz, I think the inner circle is no more, if you ask me. So, Guevara versus, you know, Darby Allen hype video, and you got Eddie King that came to ringside during that match Santana and Ortiz end up winning then Adam Cole's backstage with best friends and they yammer on about whatever they yammer on about it's kind of funny though I do like the Cutler cam by the way and then Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa and a no DQ match this match was crazy as shit I'm Let's point out, Mercedes Martinez uh, still looks awkward during her matches. She she hits hard, she tries hard, but she still looks a little awkward in certain spots. Um, especially the suplex on the table, she could have brained under Rosa really bad. So to me, this you know Mercedes needs work still. Then um, after the match. Both Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez get attacked by Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and crew. Uh, let's see here. Adam Cole versus Ten is a hype promo, but before that, you have Malachi Black talking about adding somebody mystery. I have no idea who Malachi Black's going to add, dude. To be honest with you, okay, who else is in here? Henry, I have an idea. From where are you at? Oh, Henry's from Cincinnati. Oh, poor babies. You know, I would have I know. I have an idea. I know who's going to be the next member of the House of Black. Well, who do you think it is? Buddy Matthews, formerly known as Buddy Murphy in WWE. Buddy Matthews will make his debut in AEW. You know, he did say it's a dark horse that, you know, when ashes go to ashes, it turns to and. They end up growing 
into new and better things. I wouldn't put it past him because we have not seen Buddy Murphy on television, yeah. uh, on TV tapings for very long. So, has to be him. It was a very close tie to uh, Malachi Black in general. So, I don't doubt that one bit, actually. Um, let's see here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jay White's promo. I. How did I put this? If you think on what he said about Kenny Omega, if you think about what he said about the timeline with the Bucks and Hangman Page, speaks the truth. If it weren't for him tearing things up in Japan and then coming here, so he's in alignment with the Young Bucks and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. That's a very strong, bold statement, but it's not by somebody who's a scrub or somebody who's not well-known. Jay White, folks, is one of the top-tier talent, has been for the last how many years with Japan and various other promotions. So for me, he is a very, very valid piece to the puzzle that Adam Cole was missing. Not only that, but he did make a bring up very good points. He's like, if it wasn't for me helping Kenny tear things up in Japan... It would not be possible. So, good, you know, good promo there. Ah, uh, yes. Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. Okay. Um, that match was absolutely, you know, insane. Sammy tried to send on missed and hit the apron. Then the cutter on the outside. I Darby Allen, you nut. I don't, for me personally, um, I would not want to do a suicide dive or call that spot because you could have easily broken your neck, you statist. Or, you know, you could just, one of these years, it's the, I don't, Jake, I honestly don't think Darby Allen I don't think he's human. I don't think he's human. Um, how many times have you and I seen Darby Allen in person? Several. Okay. And what has he done every single time? Hey, shit. Okay. What's the first time he did So what did he do the first time we saw him in person? He spider monkeyed up one of those posts and did a moon, an acai moonsault. Yeah. So, uh, let's see what else. I, I personally think that Darby Allen is literally a walking, breathing pro wrestler who is also a crash dummy. You know, folks, like, okay, when you... <laughs> the amount of punishment this guy absorbs... Okay, those steel steps, they don't have give. That's why... <laughs> You see wrestlers take a spot or do a spot, but when Darby Allen, you know, does his coffin drop. He takes all of it. He takes all of it. <laughs> and so, like. So, so that's not always done. So, so, so let's see all the stuff he's done since, since being in the Indies. So I've seen him get powerbombed into a pole. I have seen him coffin drop himself from the top down onto a barrel. 
I see him cough and drop from the top to the stairs. I see him cough and drop from the top to a casket with somebody in it. Yep. I've seen him cough and drop himself between two chairs. I have seen him cough and drop himself on the tax. I think that I I've I think my my thing is right. That he's a pro wrestler also crash test dummy. I think that, no pun intended. Well yeah, because some of the crazy stuff that he does, it's like I really don't think you guys understand just how much Darby Allen his body has to be aching, in my humble opinion, because if you take one look at him and you say, oh, he's totally normal. Are you insane? The man literally not only can spider front of any object, but, I mean, okay. If the cutter on the apron wasn't enough, he took – Sammy Guevara does also a lot of crazy stuff. So whenever those people – Whenever those people do or call a match, I'm wondering how that conversation goes. You got this, man? Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, when I'm going to do this, I'm going to grab you. I'm going to hook you like this. And by the way, we're just going to freelance this shit, and we're going to give the fans a show. I'm not sure that's how the conversation actually sounds between Darby Allen and Sam Guevara, but kudos to you two because... I'm not so sure that I would want to do anything that you you guys have done in ring, outside of the ring. I don't mind, don't, don't get me wrong. I, as a manager, took a lot of shit from Tommy Snow. Not a lot of shit, but a lot of weapon use. Steel chair. Uh, let's see here. Um, I took my beating. I took a drubbing, but that was a different story. Not about me. So 45 minutes left, folks. We're not going to go to beyond the tracks just yet, but I want to. I, I just want to touch base with my partner in crime on certain things going on. So you knew this was coming, and this is going to be a brief discussion, like probably like 15 minutes, folks, at the most. Cody Rhodes leaving Tony Khan in AEW with his wife Brandy. So no more chief executive officer. Uh, don't know what Cody's role exactly was. My former partner in crime doesn't believe that he was a part of creative. Yes, the fuck he was. There's a lot of people in Tony Khan's ears. Tarn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, the list goes on and on. Cody Rhodes happened to be one of those guys. I want your honest opinion, man. Why do you think there was a lot of underlying issues with Cody. So, first of all, when AEW first started, yes, Cody was part uh he was an EVP. But then as time went on, he got creative taken away from him because he started booking himself and stuff that he shouldn't have. So now TK runs everything. He's the general manager, he's the head writer, he's all that. He's the boss. But in reality... If if he really left, then I think it's because creative differences and money. But if he didn't leave for me to for a swerve, no pun intended, 
have Cody, but I think he's going to WWE, but him show back up in AEW. For all intents and purposes, that'd be the biggest low blow because he, you know, it it seems so real. I'm starting to wonder too: is this a work? Is this for real? Or is he, you know, headed back to the one place that he said he would never step foot in? As long as he lived, I mean, he never he wouldn't step foot in there. But I mean, his well, exact he words. A, he can go to NWA now. He can go show up in Impact again, but or go back to Japan. But I don't really. I think he's going to take time off. I don't think he's going to. He he needs it. <laughs> Dude, he needs the money. Like, not really. Like, honestly, whoever just said that Cody just needs money, fuck you. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Dude, 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 that dude is worse from WWE. He didn't need to even take the AEW job, but he did. But, yeah, he didn't need he didn't need AEW. He's a multimillionaire. Well, Plus the Rose just... Dam. Okay, so... Plus the Rose Dam. Well, yeah, okay. Is your name... Okay, what's your name? Tyre, not Tyron. What's your name? Tyron. Okay, so Tyron, let me just answer that question. And the reason why I said fuck you is because when you wrestle for a while, as long as Cody has, back in when he wrestled, started out in ECW, which was decrepit and really run down and not the version that us fans were used to seeing. Also, the guy used to model for Abercrombie and Fit, so he already gets a lot of flack for that. But to... I get it, you know, everyone's hating on Cody because he became the John Cena of AEW. No one really saw him doing anything outside. Kind of. Kind of, sort of. But, like, my thing is, there are a lot of differences. But also, also, I'm going to disagree with our our person with the the question here. So, also, I'm going to disagree because look at this. When he left WWE... One of his first major matches was was coming out was going to evolve and wrestle Chris Hero. Second match this is going out Hero uh of the Battle of Los Angeles and nearly won it. Conquered X of Japan. He went he went over wrestled in Japan. One of his best rivalry in Ring of Honor was against Jay Lethal. And also, and one of his best matches is three best. I can name three of his best matches in AEW: him and Brody at the dog collar match, him and uh, him and Sammy Guevara in the ladder match, and him and uh, uh, actually pretty pretty much him and every, and then uh, him and Darby. So I mean, Cody can throw bangers. He. The reason I don't know why anybody wants to go to B because you're not going to have a five star match in WWE. You are not. If he goes to WWE, if he goes to WWE, my thing is he burned a lot of bridges and he said a lot of shit. And his wife, I don't know where she stands. I don't know where she's going to end up. But I do. So, so what they're saying is that the wife, the Brandy, is done with wrestling. They do have a child that they have to look after, so, folks. And also, you know, 
I'm, I'm going to go out on one and say this. Jericho is going to be there in AEW for a while. AEW is like a well-oiled machine that's still going to run, and people are still going to want to pine for them because no matter what WWE tries to attempt to do, it's not it's not coming off as sincere. It's coming off as we're the company that stayed around for so long, and you guys watch us because you want to. Um, okay, how do I put this? When AEW started in 2019, I like many other wrestling fans were very, very curious as to how this whole operation turned out. Um, I got excited when they, you know, uh, started to take hold of MPJW, Mr. Omega, who's a very sweet dude. I met him at WrestleCon and WrestleMania 34. Very, very sweet, genuine human being. What is the difference between AEW and WWE now? Well, you know, you have a guy that you think has a silver spoon fed into his mouth, which is true, but he's actually a decent human being in Tony Khan, but sometimes he gets sidetracked and runs his mouth. Could he not negotiate with Cody? I don't know the whole fucking story, but I'm going to be dead honest with you. Um, I'm pretty sure when Tony Khan said the words, I'm going to need hugs right now when AEW went off air and the Young Bucks went in and gave Mr. Khan a hug, that means he actually gives a shit or two shits about his talent. Not saying that Vince does not give two shits about his talent, but when you've accomplished several crossovers in pop culture like MTV and the rock and roll era, if you think about it, does Mm -hmm. Vince really care? I think all he cares about are, are his golden boys, like Brock, The Undertaker. John Cena, The Rock, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, like his breath. Well, I think I mean, TK actually, I think Tony Khan loves all of his talent. Well, and it he shows. Well, when you cry in ring, dude, that means he's like, well, I lost a friend because he started that whole friendship, you know, thing with Cody Rose. And Cody was part, whether you love him or hate him, folks. He did help out in a way that tried to revolutionize wrestling, tried to help them out. He cried. So so Tony Khan cried when Brody died. He he, he was almost brought to tears when John Moxley checked himself into rehab. But I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, not to bring up my past here, all right, because this is not about me. This is definitely not about me. It's never been about one person. This show this show has never been about one person. But I'm gonna dredge up something that I haven't dredged up in years. Okay, folks. A promoter says he gives two shits about his fucking talent and that he will put everything before himself. To make sure that the promotion runs like a well-oiled machine and that the fans are given what they want. Then that means that he's, you know, one hell of a promoter and one guy who actually gives two shits. So... I'm going to just go out on a limb and say it. 
when you have a promoter that cares, it makes things a hell of a lot easier. And it makes things flow a lot smoother. So I guess we lost that partner in crime. So I guess that means, folks, uh, if he joins back, what I'm going to tell you next is the following. God, I love this job. No, I seriously do. I really do love this job. Mm, let's see here. But the following content presented on this pro wrestling podcast, Wrestle Radio Network profile, belongs to the owner. Brian Rails. You do not have permission to use, copy, reproduce the content from all episodes recorded and shared on social media. All content is protected by U.S. and international copyright law. Reproduction and distribution without permission from the owner is strictly prohibited and can be punishable by law. Failure to comply will result in legal action taken. All rights reserved. Wrestle Radio Network Incorporated 2022. All right, maestro. Let's see... Let's talk right down to earth in a language that everyone here on this show can easily understand. Well, Maestro. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. kind of off the rails no pun intended that show kind of passed my past but uh cody leaving let me give you a little insight as to what i believe from my perspective as to why cody may have left aews i've read you know different things from different sources saying they couldn't negotiate a number um i don't think cody's that guy but if you you know his contract was up and you don't want to fight for him and he's no longer the number one attraction, then it's time for that ship to have sailed. It's time, you know, to say goodbye and move on with life. I think Cody's a good dude. I think that most people don't like him because he's very mainstream right now. He has a show on TNT where he's a judge of a talent competition and you know He's, you know, when I met him backstage in Kansas City um, as an extra, all I heard was, are you guys using that sauce? And he was very nice, and we handed him the barbecue sauce. That's it. 
He's a very nice dude, along with his, his brother's pretty cool, too. Um, he is, dudes, at least he's more sincere than Ric Flair. And I know that he's friends with Rick, and I know that Cody is not well perceived by a lot of other talent. So what I'm going to tell you is, my humble opinion, I believe that Cody Rhodes leaving AEW is either for real, or we don't know. That's that's the that's the very odd part about this is we're we as fans for the first time. Don't have Meltzer to rely upon. Do not have other outside sources like Wrestling Newsletter Observer, uh, Ringside News, Garrick.net. You go on down the list, folks, it's very hard. But I think, like I said, I had no issues with Cody. Uh, former colleague of mine did have issues with Cody and told me why. So um, moving you know, forward, I'm going to point something up. Moving on from Cody. NXT's show identity. Which one are you? Are you the 1996 version of WWF? Are you the 2000 or 1997 to 2004 version of WWE? I mean, I'm I'm very confused at the identities of which you are trying to present to your audience, Bruce. For the love of God, man. I know you're not the only writer because there's a team of writers and you're the senior producer because I haven't heard Michael Hayes' name in forever. Okay? But I'm starting to get irritated because you turned NXT from a prince back into a frog. What the hell is going on? I really want to know what happened to the NXT that once upon a time captivated audiences and you would hear phrases like mama effing Mia I know that he said he took a break I know that he said that there's less that he can do about the whole situation but my biggest fucking thing is Mara Ranello could make this mediocre NXT look or sound better than what it sounds like with Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett that's kind of a dead end that leads to nowhere it's it's like one of those things that you are not dead end but a, a path that takes you to nowhere sorry a dead end is already a path uh, that leads you to a dead end NXT UK I feel bad for because they're not getting any kind of push whatsoever no matter even if they're on peacocks I mean I in to watch some of them but it's not the greatest because they had most of their freaking lineup taken out like uh, uh, somebody you know shooting the shit out of somebody in a video game it was that bad they had Dakota Kai taken from them Rhea Ripley uh, list goes on they had a lot of people taken out because of controversial reasons and, and so what once was a promising brand is now turned into a flailing clusterfuck. And so my question to you, NXT, is who are you? What are you about? And why did you put the pressure on Braun Breaker? And he handled it. Two, the NXT 
Dusty Classic for the women had better gotten more tag teams or else your fucking ratings are going to keep maintaining to be in the toilet. L.A. Knight turns into the hair version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, literally, the only thing missing is the fucking gold chain. But wait, he has one. He's got a physique. He's got a, a good body. Um, He's got an attitude. Oh, and by the way, I mean, the whole Grayson Waller thing is very reminiscent of The Rock and Stone Cold. I mean, look at Grayson Waller's attire. He's got sneakers on. He's got a Hawaiian shirt. He can't raise... I'm pretty sure he could raise his eyebrow and say, do you smell what Grayson's cooking? <laughs> just just throwing that out there. Um, what's going on with, you know... It used to be, you know, you could improve upon WWE Raw or SmackDown. Now, there's not even between shows, and we've got Elimination Chamber coming up. So, I guess in a roundabout way, folks, I'm trying to say WWE's flailing around or flopping around like a fish out of water. There's no substance behind them. Their programming is so bad It's like homework trying to get, as a 30-plus-year-old, it is like homework trying to get through one of your shows. Can I be that honest with you guys? The few times that I have blasted WWE into next week, my program has only been, you know, seen in recordings, my friend, four minutes and two seconds on one recording, and then seven minutes and six seconds on the other one. It was completely dead air sometimes it's blog talk but i believe some official from wwe basically did not like what they heard because it was brutal honesty you want my honest feedback for both aew and wwe one tries their ass off to give the fans a semblance of a wrestling show and they don't talk much only unless they're trying to answer a challenge Or if they're going to beat that ass right in the middle of the ring and they're not going to waste time talking. Okay? WWE, you give them a microphone, you might as well play the, um, instead of pass the joint, you could say, hey, I'm going to pass the microphone around a zillion million times and make no points whatsoever and ramble around and say, They're going to promote the event that comes up this Saturday, which kudos, you did it. But the bad thing is whenever I take a gander at WWE's biggest problem, it's sincerity. If you're not sincere with the fans, why bother doing it? Oh, wait, money. I get it. I get it, dude. You're doing what you're doing for money. So you forget the people who buy tickets. You forget the people who buy your merchandise. You forget... You know... um, You forget, folks. Oh, wait. Before I go... Before I go off onto another tangent. Well, I guess he already left. But... uh, (laughs) 
you forget certain things that factor into people watching professional wrestling as a whole. There's a divide between worker and fan. Workers have a right to be upset at some of the times that fans aren't paying attention to their match, and other times fans have the right to be mad at workers for not producing a decent show. So in closing, what I'm going to tell you all is this. I've been a wrestling fan for 20-plus years, so as other people, so as other people, so as other people. Come to Dick Pissing Contest. I've been a friend for 40 years. Good. Do you want a cookie? You want five golden stickers that are shaped like stars? Trying to get at is we've come into a day and age where professional wrestling features fans that are not satisfied unless they see certain something. Blood, flippy, flippy shit, or man, this promo is great. That's what wrestling's all about. Hola, Lay. You want my humble opinion? You're going to get it. Wrestling has a lot of shit going on. To even track of it is very difficult. But that's the joys of being a podcaster. We have a lot of shit to cover in so little time. Right now... I'd say the most entertaining thing that I've seen thus far is Moxley's teaser, um, Adam Cole and Hangman Page, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa's rivalry. It's just like, WWE, what can I say? Um, Hopefully they change ways and quit going after, quit seeking Goldberg, but there's a problem when they keep recalling his ass because Jeddah Saudi Arabia wants to see him. We all don't. Anyways, folks, enough of me talking around and around in circles, but I do have valid points. If you want to entertain fans, be fucking sincere. Two, Cody Rhodes leaving AEW, probably not as dramatic as we all think, but I guess details probably ain't going to ever be leaked about what really went down. And three, tune in. Is tomorrow's going to be a damn good show. That's all I'm going to tell you. All right. Stay safe. Be warm. Stay safe. Do whatever you have to do. Keep out of this shit. It's not great. It's a winter advisory going on. So uh, if you have to get out, get out while you can. All right. If you didn't like what good old Brian Rails or Jake Ryan had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Also, download our episodes for free, man. Get us to 9,000 all-time listeners, or better yet, 10,000. We got, you know, every little bit counts. Thank you, Tokyo. Thank you, Montreal. Thank you, good old United States of America, Ireland, Brazil. Whoever's listening, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to my crazy, crazy shit. Toodles, bitches. I got to get some beauty rest. Bye. Good night. You know the rest. The cost of something I would be